Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This week it's episode 253 and we're talking about travelling in Prague and Vienna. Yes, expect things to get a little bit croaky because I've been down with a cold for the last few days, but we're hoping my voice will hold out. Yeah, I've been down with a cold as well, but I don't complain about it as much. Yeah, you're not so melodramatic. <laughs> well, at the moment we're in, where are we? We're in Maribor in Slovenia. And uh, we're having a great time. The Indie Rail trip is going really well. Uh, we're about to head off to Zagreb, so we're quickly recording this while there's no one in the house. <laughs> That's right. After coming down from Vienna, we have been uh, couch surfing here in Maribor, and uh, our plans for Croatia and Slovenia have been all over the place. But uh, we're looking like we're going Maribor, then Zagreb, then Bohin, and uh, then off into northern Italy. So we're coming into the the final kind of half of the trip. Really? I, I haven't looked at it. I suppose I've been planning the next few weeks, you know, and I haven't even started thinking about Spain because we've got, yeah, the kind of Croatia and Slovenia leg and then the Italy leg, and then we're into Spain. And Spain's kind of the last leg that I'm not thinking about yet. But uh, yeah, we're getting into the, the last half. Crazy. Yeah, it is, eh? Well, we want to say thanks, of course, to our sponsors, Urban Adventures, Drome, and ACP Rail, who have been uh, so good to us on this trip. We've been doing uh, half-day day trips with Urban Adventures. Uh, they've got local guides in over 100 destinations around the world. Drome has given us some uh, data roaming ability, so we can update Instagram, Facebook, and uh, keep an eye on ITP while we're uh, out and about. Yeah, Drome has been really, really good for us because, well, the other day we were lost in the middle of, well, on the outskirts of Vienna, and we just missed the bus after not being able to find the bus stop. And we had absolutely no idea how to get to our next destination. So luckily we could turn on the Drome and connect to the internet, and we downloaded an app for um, transport in Vienna, and it, it, saved, uh, it saved us. Yeah, it's wonderful. absolutely. <laughs> Especially when uh, none of the dozens of people we asked at the bus station actually knew anything about the bus or where the stop was. It was unbelievable. We went to a toast, well, an information centre in the, in the shopping centre and they knew absolutely nothing. And of course the transport information centre was only open Monday to Friday. So we asked local people, we asked at the information office, we asked bus drivers. All of the information was contradictory, but luckily the internet could help us. <laughs> <laughs> Go the internet. Sometimes it's the only way to find, find your way. And we'd also like to thank ACP Rail for supplying us with Eurail passes, which has been how we've been getting from place to place by Europe's excellent train network. It's been lots of fun. Uh, sometimes we've caught very fast trains and sometimes we've caught very slow trains. <laughs> but it's been excellent all the way. Yeah, it sure has. And uh, as always, when you go on a new trip, we've learned a whole lot more about using the Eurail passes. Um, even though we've used them twice in the past, there's always new tricks to find out uh, as each season rolls around. That's right. So Linda's written up a whole lot of that information in an article called How to Use a Eurail Pass, which uh, you'll find at IndieTravelPodcast.com or uh, go to slash IndieRail for all of the stories about this trip. Well, this week we're talking about travelling in Prague and Vienna, which is where we were at the end of two weeks ago and all of last week, and we had a really good time. We sure did. Um, these are both cities that we've been to in the past and uh, are revisiting, so it was really interesting. Instead of rushing around to see all of the, the top highlights, uh, we were looking to, uh, I, I don't know, like just look at things a little bit differently, not be so rushed and... And take our time and, and find out some, some new things that weren't quite uh, so, so highlighty. 
What you're saying is that we were really, really bad tourists. <laughs> we were terrible tourists in both Prague and Vienna. We did almost nothing touristy. We, we didn't go up any of the towers in Prague. I only walked across the Charles Bridge because Moroni left me there in the middle of the night and I had to find my way home. And uh, we, just, we just didn't do anything. And in Vienna, we, well, we went around the Ring Road, but we didn't go to the opera. We didn't do anything touristy. We didn't go to Schönbrunn, which is something we almost always do. But we did do a heck of a lot of stuff. So that's what we're going to be talking about uh, for the rest of this podcast. Let's jump into it. So Prague, well... In Prague, we were staying at Fusion Hotel, which is a new hotel in the new town. It's really near the old town, so it was very well located and uh, conveniently located near the train station as well. So it was about what, seven or eight minutes walk. Mm. So that was really good because last time we stayed in Prague, we arrived in the airport and we had to catch two undergrounds and actually we only needed to take one. It was the middle of the night. It was Christmas. It was really difficult. <laughs> so I highly recommend finding a place that is within walking distance of, of the train station. <laughs> That worked for us. Yeah, I really liked the hotel. It was really comfortable and uh, quite stylish. Yeah, we had a really strange room. It was a high bed room. So it could be a dorm room or it could just be a double. And uh, what they've done is they've made a, uh, instead of having bunks, they've got two beds pushed together up high and then a couch underneath. And the couch can be converted into two beds as well. But because it was just our room, we um, we just had the two top top bunks. Yeah, that was quite cool. It was. It I mean, you had all the space. You had to kind of duck under the bed, but there was a couch so you could hang out there. And there was Wi-Fi, very important. My favourite thing was that it was right next door to the uh, the Muha Museum, oh, which right. is uh, an Art Nouveau artist. Um, well, he was the vanguard of Art Nouveau and one of my favourite kind of architecture styles and art styles. So I happily spent uh, an hour or so in there. Very small museum, actually, uh, especially considering his his impact on Prague, Mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, still good. Yeah, didn't you fall asleep during a movie or something? Yeah, I was that tired, actually fell asleep during uh, the documentary, but it's okay because it was on a loop, so I wandered around (laughs) the the gallery a bit more and and zapped back into the little uh, movie space um, when I heard the bit that I last remembered coming up again. (laughs) Hilarious. So what did we actually do in Prague? Well, First of all, we arrived by train and we were met at the station by Peter, one of our listeners, who then whisked us away into a small town uh, about an hour and a half away. And his parents, who don't speak any English, fed us delicious Czech food <laughs> yeah. until we were completely full and couldn't think or breathe or anything. <laughs> and uh, dosed us up on, on alcohol as well, various types of wine and beer and liquors. and oh, It was very delicious. But we managed to hold out a lot better than Peter did. The next day he was kind of, oh. <laughs> and we were like, oh, that's fine. So that was an awesome adventure. We, we got to see his small town and then we went back to Prague, checked into our hotel um, and just relaxed for the rest of the evening. Oh, we met Maroni and Mirka for a drink um, just in a, a bar close to us. Had some cheap beer, sausage for dinner. Yeah, that was, that was quite nice. And yeah, right through um, the the Czech Republic, and then a lot of Austria, and then down here into Slovenia. Um, beer and sausage it's all about with sausage. some kind of stew seems to be the 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 food du jour. Mm. Not that I'm complaining. Not du jour. Du era. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. It's it's definitely good for us. And um, then, well, we wandered around the city. Oh, the next day we met up with my friend Moroni, who's my Chilean friend, and we just well. He invited us over for for lunch. He invited us out for lunch, and I asked him if he'd cook, and he said, sure, and then he made me cook. So that's quite traditional in his family, so that was fun. But it was delicious. We had this um, Slovakian meal, because his girlfriend Murph is from Slovakia, 
It was like um, potato dumplings with a delicious cheese sauce and bacon. So that was really nice. And they took us out to these gardens. What were they called? The I don't think they're pronounceable, actually. The uh, Viscera Head Gardens. Well, that's probably not how you pronounce them. <laughs> yeah, and we wandered that's how around, they looked. Yeah, wandered around, saw the views, walked through an old cemetery, saw some interesting tombstones, and then went to Maroney's favourite bar and, and had a beer or two, three, while looking out over the city. Yeah, those are beautiful gardens and something that I think a lot of tourists miss because they are away from the the older new towns, away from the castle district. Um, but yeah, just jumping on the the underground and heading out there to Visrad, I found it beautiful and very relaxing, mm. just away from the, the noise and bustle and away from the tour groups, having these huge gardens with you know, nice sculptures, great viewpoints, both over the river and over the city. I'd highly recommend getting out there. Yeah, it was great. We had a really nice time, just wandered around. And then, yes, beers. Yeah. Always a good idea. Well, the thing about Prague is that it is just so popular with tourists and tour groups mm. that when you're in the historical centres, you really can't move without having a group of kind of 10 to 25 people walking past you following an umbrella or a flag or, uh, you know, it's it can be really... It's a bit overwhelming. Not, not depressing, but overwhelming, yeah. Mm. It's probably a good way to think about it. And so it's, uh, it's so nice to find these little places which get you away from it all without, Definitely. you know, having to leave the city. Yeah. I mean, Maroni and Mirka were saying they, they avoid the centre because they just can't handle being surrounded by tourists all the freaking time. And that's fair enough. I mean, we found it a bit... A bit much ourselves. Mm, we were only there for a couple of days. Yeah. Well, we did become one of those tourists, although luckily we did our tour with Urban Adventures, which prides itself on small groups. And in fact, this time the group was very, very small. Just us, in fact. Us and our guide, Teresa. So we were just a small group of three. We didn't look like a large tour group, which is something I really, really appreciate. Yeah, we found the same in Berlin. Remember, there were so many groups of like 20 to 30 people following a guide, and mm. we had like five. It's so much nicer. <laughs> yeah, it really makes so a big difference. So much nicer being a small group. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so we saw a, a lot of things that we both had seen before and hadn't seen before. Um, the astronomical clock, which is this amazing medieval mechanical clock, uh, plays on the hour. So we started there and, and saw that go. Mm-hmm. And Teresa explained what all the different hands were, which was quite quite important because we'd seen it before and we saw all the different knobs and whistles, oh, there weren't any knobs or whistles, but you know what I mean. Um, and she explained what, what they were, because before we had no idea. Mm. And then we walked around uh, a lot of that uh, that town square of, of the old town, uh, out to the, the Jewish quarter, um, the university with views out to the castle, and um, yeah, it was really fantastic. I mean, one thing that got suggested a lot on the Indie Rail page was going into the... Um, the Jewish cemetery and into the Jewish quarter. So, of course, we did that, and uh, it was really, really nice. So thanks to everyone that uh, that recommended that. Um, crazy Sexy Fun Traveler and, and Lisa Rizzo, um, I see right in front of me here. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, just moving, beautiful, kind of chaotic. Yeah. It was quite funny because in Prague there are four districts. You have the new town, the old town, around the other way really, Old Town, New Town, and then the Lesser Quarter and the Castle District. And the Old Town and New Town are on one side of the river, and the Lesser Quarter and the Castle are on the other side. And while our guide was very, very good, she took us around the Old and New Towns, that was what our tour was, 
she seemed kind of disappointed that we weren't seeing the other side. She kept saying, oh, well, when we finish the tour, you should go over there and go to this building. Don't miss it. You know, she gave us homework and we were very naughty students and didn't do any of it. But um, yeah, I think you do need to see all four areas. Although last time we were here in Prague, we, um, we did visit those two areas a little bit. Yeah, yeah, of course. And uh, with Urban Adventures, you can also combine both sides of the river in, uh, in one day. But Wasn't it like really? eight hours or something? No, six hours. But, oh, gosh. Yeah, I mean, you really need to spend, even if you're just sightseeing and not going into anything, you can really spend half a day to a day on both sides of the river. Well, let's talk about some of the other suggestions that we were given on the Interrail page. One thing that we did not do, unfortunately, although it was recommended by Heels and Wheels, we didn't drink absinthe and then go to a puppet show in an attic. Well, in fact, she said don't do that. Oh, so okay, we, did, we did exactly we, what we did. did take her advice, but uh, it sounds like the kind of advice that one is meant to ignore. Yeah, it's a pity. It would have been quite interesting. Uh, Sam recommended a self-service canteen on Havelska, which is actually right next to and right in the middle of a really touristy district. So when we uh, we followed the map and, and went to where he recommended, uh, Hvelska Karuna, I was kind of like, oh, what are, we, what are we getting into here? But Sam's advice proved right on. It was uh, really a local spot and good prices, excellent food. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's just be. good. So you get a tray and you go up and you ask for certain things and... They give you dumplings whether you want them or not. <laughs> well, no, they asked you if you wanted them, but we couldn't say no. <laughs> and it was delicious. We both had pork, and I had some very, very salty spinach. But uh, otherwise, it was totally delicious. Mm, absolutely, yeah. Simple but delicious and, and cheap. So thanks for that, Sam. Uh, Nick recommended that we get out to the big metronome north of the city centre place uh, to relax, see people skateboarding, have a beer or a wine, and just chill out up there. Uh, if we had another couple of days and we managed to get out of the the little city centre that we were in, that would have been great. But uh, we were at the point where we didn't have a couple of hours just to go and, and sit and hang out. We were really running the whole time we were there. So, But we did see the metronome at a distance and Teresa explained its significance to us, which is quite cool. Mm. Didn't it replace a big statue of Lenin? Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, was it Lenin or Stalin? No, that I cannot remember. Um, but yeah, very, very interesting bit of sculpture. And Rachel Gardner recommended a jazz club that we weren't able to make it to either. So ah, We were talking when I was talking to Maroney about where we were going to meet up for our first beer. He was talking about a jazz club, but he said that the beer was too expensive. So <laughs> we didn't go. An ongoing preoccupation. <laughs> so yeah, we had a really great time in Prague and uh, we'll definitely be back probably this time next year, I think. Well, from Prague on to Vienna, um, the train connection was very smooth, wasn't it? Yes. Now, you can go directly from Prague to Vienna, and so it's only like what, three hours or something. But we decided that that would be far too simple. And since we had the URL passes, we decided to abuse them, I mean, use them. So uh, because we were in the Czech Republic and Craig really wanted to have a beer in Pilsen, we, uh, we took the train across to Pilsen, and we only had an hour between, our, well, an hour's connection. So we came out of the train station, we were looking for a bar, any bar, we couldn't find one. We're carting all our bags. Went into a little cafe. No, they didn't have any. But we, could, you know, she said we could. She'd make us a coffee, kind of from behind the reception desk. I don't know. So we kept going, keep going, and we ended up actually at the beer factory. 
Yeah, we ended up at the brewery, in the brewery restaurant, having a delicious plate of cold cut meats and uh, a couple of pints of Pilsner. Yeah, so it was great. I mean... It was kind of lucky. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for the, the, the type of beer that is called Pilsner was developed there, and it's the original Pilsner from Pilsen, so mm-hmm. it was kind of a, a beer pilgrimage. It was great. So then we returned back to the station and uh, hopped on two trains. We had to change at uh, Chiski Budiovice, and then we went to Linz. We were hoping to have more time in Linz, but we only had two hours, and we met at the station by our friend Sabina, who stayed with us when we were in Acarunia, and she whisked us back to her house where she'd cooked a delicious meal. She thrashed at a thrashed us at phase 10, which uh, she had threatened to do and very successfully then did. But yeah, she, she cooked us a typical Austrian meal of dumplings stuffed with pork, accompanied by sauerkraut, and then finished up with um, with really delicious apple strudel. And then we we're just a, a train and a, and a regional change uh, away from the Sudbahnhof, where we were staying in an apartment uh, given to us by Go With O and Ovienna.com. Yeah, it was really excellent. We just had to walk about 10 minutes from the station and uh, the owner was there waiting for us. He didn't speak any English, so that was a good adventure. Our German is improving, but it's pretty dire. So uh, we had a really, really nice apartment. Uh, It was a one-bedroom place with a separate lounge. I think up to four people could stay there, but obviously it was just us. And there was a kitchen, a bathroom, a little entranceway. Yeah, and it was so convenient being so close to the, the Sudbahnhof which is where they're currently building the new Hauptbahnhof, or the, the city train station. So, uh, yeah, great place to be located. Yeah, we had a really good time. And we've never stayed in, in that area of the city. We've stayed in various places in Vienna, including near the Westbahnhof, in the city, right now, right near the uh, Museumsquartier, and on the other side of the Donau as well. But this particular area, never. Yeah, so as well as having all of the, the, the trams and the S-Bahn and the public transport options from there, we're also right next to uh, one of Vienna's biggest palaces, the Schloss Belvedere, which has beautiful gardens and beautiful buildings, and uh, apparently inside there is beautiful artwork, um, but we did not have the, the time, energy, or the uh, 17 euros per person to go in. <laughs> Well, we did walk through the gardens, which was lovely on our first day. When we walked into town, we were heading to the tourist information office because uh, Tourism Vienna very kindly uh, hooked us up with some Vienna cards, which gave us uh, public transport for three days. And so when we got into town, picked up those, we very promptly hopped on the ring tram. Not exactly the ring tram, because in Vienna city centre, there's a, a road that goes around the, the main centre. And there's a tram that goes around all the way around, but it's a tourist tram, and it costs about €7 Euros for one trip around. However, the local trams, number one and number two, if you combine them right, go all the way around. And this is a really good way to see Vienna and get an idea of all the amazing architecture, and also kind of to orientate yourself. So we did that. We hopped on first number two, and then we got off and took some photos and then changed and got a number one. It's, it's lovely. You get to see the Rat House, uh, the cathedral, a whole bunch of beautiful buildings like the... Um, the university, and oh, just heaps. And just imagine everyone going, the rat house. Yes. Sounds delightful. Oh, it was so hilarious. The first time we were in a German-speaking country and we saw on the map rat house, we're like, what is that? Is it a house for rats? But it's even more amusing. It's the town hall. Yeah. <laughs> it's where all the politicians work, at the rat house. I still, it still cracks me up. I mean, now I can see it without laughing, but still, when I think about it, hilarious. Well, Vienna is, I guess, known for, well, it's, amazing history um but 
architecturally it's known for all of its palaces and uh, they are simply stunning. It was the seat of the Habsburg Empire, um, the, the Holy Roman Empire that stretched throughout so much of Europe. So there was a whole lot of, of wealth there. And uh, these beautiful palaces, in the past we've been to uh, places like the CC Museum, um, the Albertina, and, uh, but this time we were just content because of we were just there for a couple of days. We were content just to wander around and have a look at the outside. Mm. And uh, the area around, well, from the, from the Albertina to the Rathaus, which includes the, the Hofburg, the Volksgarten, um, the university buildings and several theatres and, and little operas, is just amazing. Yeah. And then there's the Museums Quartier, which is a collection of different museums and art galleries. Um, like five or six major galleries yeah, really, really just big ones. all in one little area which leads on to Maria Hilferstrasse which is one of Europe's longest shopping streets uh, with all of your high street brands and everything like that yeah it's home and, to my uh, favourite clothes shop in the world CNA CNA on Maria Hilferstrasse you know I don't care that much about CNA but that was the first time I'd ever been to one um, like four or five years ago so we decided to go back and see if it was still as magic and it wasn't yeah, That's you very disappointed. walked out with nothing. That's right. So sad. Um, but a good budget tip if you're in Vienna is to go up towards that CNA on Maria Hilferstrasse. And the further up Maria Hilferstrasse you walk, the cheaper the fast food becomes. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking at slices of pizza or kebabs or um, box noodles, uh, down by the museum's quartier, they start around kind of. They're around the four euro mark, three fifty to five, and then uh, by the time you get up there, just two tube stations further up, um, you're down to about two fifty per meal. Yeah, it's true. So it's it's definitely worth going up that way. If you've got a public transport pass, you can t- catch one of the U-Bahns, which will be quite a fast way to get up there. That's what we did. I think we took the U one mm-hmm. and got off um, right outside the CNA actually, which was great. Well, while we're talking food, uh, Sam Wood on the Indie Rail page recommended um, the the Divina Diwan, I guess is how you'd pronounce it, which is a Pakistani buffet restaurant where you pay what you want. Uh, so you can go in and help yourself to the, the food at the buffet. And uh, then when you leave, you give some money to the guy at the front desk. Um, glasses of tap water came free to the table and they had drinks available to order. It was tasty and delicious. Um, tasty and delicious. Yes, tasty wow. and delicious. High praise. Um, but you're always, well, I always feel kind of like, what's a fair value? Because, yeah. you know, some people are going to underpay and some people are going to overpay. So in the end, it all works out. But, you know, how can you figure out what to pay? So we were checking out the, the menu, kind of the daily menus that were on offer at lunch places around the city. And um, a lot of them were offering meals from between five euros and seven euros. And so, uh, yeah, we based our decision on that. Yeah, but it's always a challenge. <laughs> it is indeed. Um, and what else? Oh, oh we're thinking about, about food, yeah. Well, uh, Juan Song recommended that we go to a Hoeriger for uh, first year wines and local foods now. Hoerigers are Craig's favourite place to eat in the entire world, I think. I still remember when we went to that little, I don't think it was a Hoeriger, but it was the Hoeriger idea in Santanao Maigen. We had to walk down these dark steps. That were, it was the middle of the night. Well, it was 7 o'clock and it was pitch black. There were no lights. 
We had to walk through a vineyard and then we finally found a light in the distance. We walked in and uh, basically the whole town was there. It was a town of about 100 people. So I think maybe about one third of the town were there. And we found a table and we got to eat um, a plate of cold cut meats and cheeses. When it arrived, Craig's face just lit up. It was amazing. And uh, yeah, fresh local wines produced on the, on the vineyard. Yeah, and so there's an area, well, there's a few wine-producing areas which are actually inside the Vienna city limits, and uh, the Hoyriggers serve the wines from those wineries. So we headed uh, northwest, uh, once again, public transport, out to the Grinzinger neighbourhood, um, where we jumped off the uh, the tram. It was the last And time. there were just Hoyriggers everywhere, you couldn't miss them. So uh, we chose a couple, and uh, one was good, one was good but average um just overworked i think on a mm-hmm. friday night yeah and uh but yeah. we did get live accordion music that's true traditional uh viennese accordion music and uh yeah it, it all worked out it was a, a fun evening yeah we got to try local wines uh one was a really really good quality one it was a grunewaldina and then we went to the second point the second tuerega and uh, we had just table wine but even that was really nice it was just this very basic kind of rough wine but delicious yeah, it was, and it was it was obviously very young. You could tell just just from the flavour of it. So some really unique tasting opportunities um, out in the Hoyerigas outside of Vienna. Seems like this is all about food, but I want to mention the Nashmarkt as well. Uh, <laughs> we've talked about the Nashmarkt in previous podcasts that we've done in, on uh, Vienna, but it's an outdoor market uh, where there's a whole bunch of restaurants. It's a great place to go for lunch or for dinner. Uh, always lots of energy. Um, and yeah, just a ton of restaurants to choose from, from uh, kind of your Austrian guest house with schnitzel and things like that, to a really high quality selection of uh, of Asian foods. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's one of my favorite places in Europe to go for sushi, because yeah. the, the quality is, while not outstanding, always reliable. Mm-hmm. We always used to go to a place called, I can't remember what it's called, but we always got bento boxes at this Japanese place. This time we, we varied and we went to a Chinese place called Mr. Lee. Had a very delicious noodle. Oh, we also had sushi as well, actually. But uh, yeah, sushi and noodles. It was good. Okay, I think that's enough food. Um, people will be drooling enough. <laughs> so, um, well, we talked about the um, some of the palaces, uh, some of the stuff we've done in the past. Uh, this time we went to a few new places. Uh, one was the Mac Design Museum. It was Design Week in Vienna. And so we thought we'd best go to uh, one of the design museums. And it had a whole lot of different exhibits, including one all about chairs, one was about sleep. Oh, there were things about modern design, so they, they traced the evolution of Apple, and there were some sex toys. It was odd. <laughs> yeah, some really interesting collections and, and well laid out. Um, yeah, especially like the chair one where they had lights kind of silhouetting the... Oh, that was cool the outline onto the wall and all you, yeah you really got an idea for the progression of lines and curves mm-hmm. as it went on uh we also went out to the Hunterwasser village for the first time mm-hmm. Hunterwasser is a very famous austrian architect and hippie i guess <laughs> his design is very very striking he uses very bright colors with kind of ceramic pot motif it's really really interesting We've seen a lot of his work because uh, we were in Zettel a couple of years ago and there's a fountain. Uh, also, I think it's the 
the rubbish tip has some of his work in Vienna, so that's quite cool. And in New Zealand, in Kawakawa, there's some very famous toilets that you have to visit if you're heading north. Because <laughs> he retired to New Zealand after, after living in Austria most of his life. Mm, so yeah, so there are apartment blocks and a shopping arcade, mm -hmm. all done in, uh, in his style. Well, I don't know if I'm going to be able to talk for the rest of today, but uh, <laughs> we'd better wrap this podcast up. So thanks again to Drome, to Urban Adventures, and to acprail.com, our sponsors for Indie Rail, and to GoWithO and OVienna.com, who uh, looked after us so well while we were in the city. It was so nice to have a uh, have an apartment for a while and just be able to to chill out at the end of the day and in peace and quiet. Mm, it was brilliant. We're looking forward to staying with them in, in Florence as well. Mm. So make sure you do come by the IndieTravelPodcast.com slash IndieRail page and give us advice for our upcoming itinerary uh, here in Slovenia and Croatia and then also as we head off into Italy, Spain and the micronations, Andorra, San Marino and Monaco. Yes, I'm really looking forward to it. Well, that's us for this week. Until next week, travel well.